Bonjour Matrix Live, today it's going to be a less technical episode than usual. Uh, I'm with Amandine, the co-founder of the Matrix.org Foundation and Element, and today we are going to talk about the low. Um, <laughs> so Amandine, we recently learned that we have 50 people, well, organizations in the coalition. What is the coalition? So first, I'd like to highlight that this is probably the first Matrix Live I'm doing uh, alone with someone else who isn't Matthew. So congrats, Tego. <laughs> <laughs> I've done them alone, but never with someone else who is not Matthew. So, uh, so that's a first. And yes, we're talking about regulation, which is um, quite a different subject for once. So we announced that we were part of um, Coalition, which is the Coalition for Competitive Digital Markets. It's a group of uh, more than 50 companies who are coming from uh, 16 countries. 12 of them are from uh, the um, member state of, the, of Europe. And uh, we've gathered all these companies to, um, how do you say, um, to actually promote, um, to promote uh, the, to talk to European uh, parliament members so that they vote for uh, digital market act which is quite strong so i'm going to try to explain a bit what uh, the digital market act is it's um so what it's one of the centerpieces of the european uh, digital strategy and it goes together with the digital services act and the idea of these two things um is to make the digital services in europe um, something more fair uh, for both the users and the companies building, um, providing these services. So the Digital Services Act is um, here to create a safer digital space where the fundamental rights of all users of digital services are protected. Uh, that's what's stated into the, um, the website of the European Commission. And the Digital Market Act is to establish a level playing field to foster innovation, growth and competitiveness both in the European single market and globally. So basically focusing on the digital market acts, what's happening today is that we have gatekeep what companies which are called gatekeepers, which are very influential uh, companies in the digital services uh, world. Uh, and you can easily imagine who is having a monopoly on social media, communication, or other things, other digital services. And um, the idea of the Digital Market Act is to make it easier for, uh, like, provide a regulation so that these companies are making it easier for competition to come around and to foster innovation. And one of the main points of uh, the Digital Market Act is to open some level of interoperability from this company. So force them to expose some APIs so that other external service providers can actually interact with these uh, services that they provide. Is that a good answer to your question, Thibault? Without <laughs> going too much into the detail, am I? No, it, it's perfect. It's a good answer to uh, to my question. So, in short, uh, giants like Facebook need to um, open up so we can interact with them, even if we are not um, partners, specifically. And so what does it have to do with Matrix exactly? So it's very important to Matrix because that's precisely why we created Matrix. 
we created matrix to break the silos so that there is one big open layer for communication precisely so that smaller players could actually come bring some innovative services and compete with the bigger ones without having to rebuild their own user base on one side and so that the users could actually choose who is hosting their data could move their data from one place to another and could choose the apps they want to use to access their data Matrix is focused on real-time communication. Uh, right now, we have quite a big focus on messaging and voice over IP, but Matrix can be used for IoT or VR, for example. But it's still the DMA's uh, even wider scope because it's any digital services. But yeah, it's, um, it's really good for us um, to see that the even the regulation is now converging towards what we've been trying to build with Matrix. It makes sense, but um, when you talk about all that, what comes to my mind is bridges. It's one of the core principles of Matrix, or it's one of the big features of Matrix. And today we have bridges and they work because we can have bridges with WhatsApp, Telegram, Slack, etc. So what else do you want uh, with the DMA? So the DMA, uh, today some of the bridges are built because some services have open APIs, like for example, Slack have pretty open um, open APIs, uh, but these companies are not, like they don't all have these open APIs and sometimes they put some limitations on what you can do with them. And officially, you're not meant to be using these open APIs to compete with the provider himself. So the, if the DMA comes through with strong enough regulation on that, it would force these companies to have these open APIs and to allow external services to interact via these APIs to provide potentially a competitive service. And uh, we've seen some cases where um, uh, WhatsApp typically may close some accounts who are using the APIs doing uh, competing with the WhatsApp service. So it's, the idea is very much to legalize uh, this interoperability and make it easier for people who are providing these bridges as well, because a bridge is hard to maintain. Every time the third-party service is actually changing something, you have to update the bridge. And it's uh, it's uh, very time-consuming and uh, completely out of our control when we provide bridges. So that would force these guys to be careful when they make some updates. So in short, uh, the bridges worked today, but it's a lot of work and it can be a bit fragile sometimes. And the DMA is about making everything more robust and to have partnerships with the big players. And yeah, force them to make mm. it an option. All right. Well, actually, let's have a look at uh, how it looks like in practice. Uh, we have a little demo with uh, both Slack and Telegram. So let's have a look at it. I set up this short demo called Golden Gate because it's about bridging, um, which is a demo to bridge Matrix, Slack, and Telegram together. So here we can see a room in Matrix um, in which we have Tib. So this is me on Matrix. We have Thibaut Martin, which is me on Telegram, and we have Tib on Slack, which is me on Slack. Um, I have the counterparts of that, uh, which is here um, Slack. We can see I have the very same messages on Slack and on Telegram, I have the very same messages as well. So what we can see is if I send a message from Matrix, 
if I have a look at Slack, I can see it on Slack as well. And if we have a look at Telegram, we can see it on Telegram as well. We might see a subtle difference here. Because if we have a look on Matrix, it's obviously my user, me, Tim, who sent the message. If we have a look at Slack, we can see that uh, the bridge created a, a user, which is me. So the bridge is acting really as me. We have a Tib, um, which is my user on Matrix, who says, if I send a message from Matrix, so that's the same message I sent. And if we have a look at Telegram, we have that user called Matrix Bridge, which tries to sort of impersonate me. So it's really the Matrix Bridge user saying, Tib said, if I send a message on Matrix. Um, but the bridge works uh, in both directions. So if I'm on Telegram, I can answer from Telegram. And the message made its way to Matrix. So on Matrix, I can see the Telegram user who said, I can answer from Telegram. And we have, if we have a look at Slack, we can see that Matrix pushed the message to Slack too. And we have the Telegram user who said, I can answer from Telegram. But that's not... All I can answer from Slack as well. And I guess you see it coming, the message is going to come from Slack to Matrix and Matrix itself is going to push it to Telegram as well. So we have Tim on Slack here in the Matrix room who said, but that's not all I can answer from Slack as well. And if we have a look at Telegram, we can see the Matrix bridge which impersonated Tib on Slack and said, but that's not all I can answer from Slack as well. And I really like that demo because it shows the power of bridges um, in a very visual way. We have Telegram and Slack that are two platforms that were not meant to talk to each other, but we managed to get Slack people talking to Telegram people. I can say, hey, Slack, Tib, and I don't need to go to uh, Matrix itself, I can answer from Slack. Yes, Telegram tip. And if I go back to Telegram, I'm going to see the message um, from Slack and I don't have to be on Matrix itself. It's really a hub of interoperability. Um, the DMA is already about forcing big players to open themselves. Uh, isn't the coalition redundant? So the thing is that the DMA is quite a high level, it's at a proposition stage right now, and the European Commission uh, is actually working on turning it into the proper regulation. What risks, well, the risk we have here is that you have strong lobbies from all over the place trying to drive this uh, regulation. And of course, the gatekeepers are pretty powerful, and there is a bit of a concern from the smaller players in the market that the DMA uh, will come out, but with with a level of enforcement, which are maybe, or requirements, which are maybe not strong enough. And the coalition is here to represent the smaller player in the market, to talk to the European member, the members of the European Parliament and the European Commission so that they, we raise uh, their awareness of the dangers of not providing regulation and requirements which are not strong enough. So that's uh, the, the role of the coalition. It's give, bring the voice of a lot of smaller companies to the level of the voice of the big players. Right, so I can easily understand that with your two hats, the Matrix.org Foundation and the Element One, uh, you have a strong interest in, in having a strong DMA. 
But I guess from what you said and from the fact that we have 50 organizations in the coalition that it's not going to benefit exclusively Matrix. Um, can you think of other companies or, I don't know, sectors that are going to benefit from that? Um, it's... Um... Uh, so, in terms of companies within the uh, within the coalition, I can uh, like, for example, we have people like Proton Mail who are also advocating for very strong uh, secure email communication. We have people like Nextcloud who um, have also um, uh, um, trying to are quite a big competitor to uh, Microsoft Office 365, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's not just about like we're very much focused these days on communication but there are many other companies for uh, data sharing uh, data transfer um, asynchronous communication uh, data for uh, iot for example all the um, uh, um inter so how do you call it the smart uh, bulbs you have in your yeah. house if you buy Philips one, you can only control them from the Philips side of yeah. things. You don't have a way to control all the bulbs in your house if you buy from different brands. And that's the kind of even for IoT. So it's um, uh, the level of digital services we're using today, like the, the range is very wide. And this is this applies to everything. Right. And talking of Nextcloud, um, I heard about an initiative from them. Uh, they had launched uh, their own coalition, which was about an antitrust uh, against Microsoft. So uh, how related is it to the coalition led by uh, Element? So I think these, um, the one that Nextcloud did is very much focused on um, uh, balancing against Microsoft Office and the fact that Microsoft really has a monopoly game here and pushing their own services in priority over everyone else wherever Windows is installed. And uh, basically, it's a reaction to the fact that they were um, putting into the operating system uh, some easy shortcut to their own services, but not opening up to op op sorry, opening them up to other uh, services. So the coalition here is really to push the regulation, uh, the DMA regulation itself, and on the wider picture. And Nextcloud is part of it because it's the same, the same angle here. All right, so we have complementary efforts here. Yes. It's not two competing coalitions and no. they are part of both. Okay. And um, 50 organizations, yeah, 50 organizations is quite a lot already. Are you open to new organizations to join the coalition? Yes, and if we go on the website, the <laughs> the URL will be there at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> One day you'll do that, Timo. <laughs> it's going to be in the episode description. <laughs> but the um, yeah, basically the if you go on the website, that there is a big a big call to uh, not call to action, but yes, uh, you can. Um, we welcome anyone, and we like to. The more people in the coalition, the bigger the voice, and the more promotion we can do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yes, more people is good, and we're still open. Perfect. And what are the next big milestones? The dates, votes, results, appeals, maybe. Um, so. For someone like me who is not very uh, strong in how the <laughs> decisions are made in this area, it's a hard question. But I did a bit of my research. And basically, what's going to happen on the 15th of December is that the European Parliament will vote in the plenary sitting for their, the version they want uh, of the DMA, or at least some 
high level definition of this version. And then uh, they will, um, uh, that's called the mandate. And then there will be um, uh, meetings between the European parliaments and the uh, council and the commission which I call trilogues, and there are three of them which are planned for next year. And basically, each of the three entities have their own view of things. And these trilogues is like these entities coming together, discussing, coming, then splitting again, agreeing on something on their side, and then coming back three times until then there is a proposal which is common to everyone which is then shared across the different entities. And when everyone agrees, then the regulation is active. So I think hopefully this is the right interpretation. But the big next milestones is the 15th of December, where the European um, Parliament is going to sit down and uh, in plenary and uh, vote. So the coalition has some um, a lot of marketing effort uh, next week to actually start like remind, uh, remind the members of the Parliament of the importance of making the right choices. All right, so it's just the beginning of the fight. Uh, the fight has started quite a while ago, but it's like we're coming up to a next new stage of the fight and uh, then the, it will continue for a bit until the final, uh, the final vote. All right. Any final word you want to conclude the episode? Um, maybe something which uh, I'm not sure I touched enough on is the why this is important. Uh, and um, the reason it's important is if we have, if, if the European Commission is actually mandating some level of interoperability at any level, again, it means we can have more innovation because smaller players can actually uh, go against bigger ones. It means that we're, uh, people are, um, not, not people, but services are based on the value they add as opposed to just like, how many users do you have? So it's uh, really keeping everyone honest to the service they provide. The other thing is, of course, more data sovereignty for the end users. And uh, some people are claiming that if you go, everything is interoperable, you lose security. But there are many ways you can go around this. And uh, we're very proud uh, with Matrix to show how you can go around it, which is end-to-end -end encryption and the right tools for moderation, etc., etc. But um, uh, so that's just a kind of high-level overview on the when we do meetings and panels to explain why the DMA is good, that's the kind of questions which are coming up uh, regularly and which are important to promote. But yes, for us, when we saw that, it was super exciting because it's like, yes, what we've been fighting for, like even, even the European Commission is coming up to this and uh, realizing it's important. There is the um, Digital Access, Access Act uh, in the US as well, coming along these lines too. So the world is waking up. Yes, finally. Um... On a personal note, I'm super happy to see that we have 15, 50 organizations who are fighting for the greater good and for um, user freedom, uh, in short. And I'm really happy to, to really excited to see the progress that is going to be made. We are going to keep people posted, I hope, uh, yeah. in this week in Matrix, on the Matrix blog, uh, maybe on the Coalition's website as, as well, I guess. Yes, there will be um, tweets and blogs and, um, and updates everywhere. All right, perfect. 
Matrix Live, I think that's it. Uh, next week, we are going to return with more technical episodes. We have the fine folks of uh, Fluffy Chat who have finally released the V1, which is super exciting with the revamped UI. So see you next week. Thank you, Thibaut. See you, everyone. Bye-bye.